Hello and welcome back to another special awards episode of the Texas Private School Podcast. As always, I am one third of your hosting crew, Wes Tolleson, joining you from College Station. And for the first time in about a month, I think we all join you from our respective, you know, college homes. Walker Lott also joins me from College Station, as well as Ryan Schroeder in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Uh, Walker, you know, it's been a couple weeks since we've all gotten together on an episode. You know, how's it been following all these guys, you know, announcing their commitments and basically trying to trim down this absolute beast of a list we've created for the award show? Yeah, I mean, the talent was on display this year. So many great seasons for a lot of kids, and it was hard to shrink those down. I mean, me, Wes, and Ryan had a lot of conversations just trying to figure it out. Hey, where do we want where do we want this or where do we want that? And we had to look at the numbers, awards, recognitions, and just watch film. And it, you know, we talked about it before of like, oh yeah, this is a long process to get the semifinalists. I mean, it might've been just as long to get the finalists down to four and you'll see that here today. And, uh, but yeah, it's been really exciting to see all these guys commit to their colleges, you know, do the dream of playing collegiate football. It's always a good time seeing all of that. No, without a doubt. It's been a very exciting few months or yeah several months even though it is the off season but ryan you're back in stillwater oklahoma you're you're doing stuff for school as well as shooting for the oklahoma state athletic department how's the last few weeks been in your department and you have any comments on this this list that we're trying to gradually trim down yeah no i i've been back in full swing of things i'm working for OC athletics doing men's basketball women's basketball um, you know, I just went with track and field this past weekend. So I, I got a lot on my plate. Plus I'm also a student. So, uh, all that going on, but yeah, no, it's been great. Honestly, I, I've been looking forward to doing this. I I've, I've been lacking a little bit on some of the basketball stuff, but you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see what we put up for the award show. Uh, honestly, I think we have a lot, um, a lot that we've gone through here and, I've been uh, on the side of the Instagram thing. So if you want to blame anybody for not putting your Instagram graphic out, you can blame me. Uh, it's it's a, it's a hard task and it's hard to, you know, sometimes find all of y'all's Instagrams. But uh, no, I, I have fun with it and I'm excited to get into the finalists today. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, you know, we're I'm a broken record and we all are, but this is a gigantic project we undertake. However, it's something that we all three really, really enjoy doing. And it's one of the favorite things that we get to do just because it allows us to get recognition that I don't think a lot of other unbiased sources have the chance to provide. And it's very, very fun. It's very exciting. We all love doing it despite the sheer amount of volume that we have to cut through to get to this list. But like Ryan mentioned, we are now down to the finalists. We are getting into the crunch time, and I'm so, so excited to be able to share the four remaining names on each of these categories. But really quick, I know it's kind of the same iteration of a question I asked earlier, but Walker, I mean, you first. I mean, I just want to know what you think it means to be a finalist on this list, as well as talk about what it means to be able to generate a list like this, as well as uh, just speak to the importance of the names that are left. I guess, firstly, like, you know, I, I wish we had something like this when I played, I mean, uh, not even for myself, just to be like, Hey, like look at my teammates who are so under the radar, so good getting the recognition they deserve. Um, like it, it, we realize also like how many schools there are in the private school and like, all right, you know, how do we, you know, 
hand out all of these awards. I mean, it was so hard to like narrow it down and um, it was a true process and we, we didn't take this lightly, you know, it's not just an award that we were like, Oh, okay. I guess we can throw them on there. No, like it was, it was from special teams to the MVP. We, we cared about it. We made sure that you do our due diligence. And um, yeah, when you make this top four, it's a big deal. I mean, it really is, you know, regardless of classification, when you make those four, you, you had a great year and you deserve to be recognized. And for the guys who didn't make it, who were on the semifinalists, I mean, they, it, all of them had great years. I think some of those receiving receiver of the years, it came down to being like, all right, what a thousand yard receiver will get in, which is just ridiculous. Um, so if you didn't make the top four, it's, it's honestly, okay. At the end of the day, it's, we're a podcast just trying to help out. So, I mean, it is what it is. You don't have to, you know, always be happy about us and don't, you know, be, don't care too much about what we say, what we don't say. We're just trying to help out the community. Um, but yeah, well, this is, it's really cool. I'm happy to do this. I know we're all happy to do this. No, without a doubt. I mean, it's like you mentioned, it's so incredibly hard to narrow the list down to four people. You think it somehow be a little bit easier than, than the seven, but it's, it's not at all. I just remember, I mean, we've set in, in hours upon hours of zoom calls trying to do this and we get down to like the last remaining spot for a specific category. And we take like 25 minutes on one spot and be like, well, here's this guy's stats, but they're so similar. So let's look at their huddles now. And it just goes on and on and on. But that just speaks to the competitiveness left in these names on this list and just how hard it is to crack into the top four. Ryan, I basically just going to ask you the same thing I asked Walker. Your thoughts on the importance of the names left on this list and just how dadgum hard it is to eke out a finalist spot among the last four. Yeah, I'll keep it short and sweet. It's just, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. I mean, it, you have to think about it. If you're in our shoes and you looked at all these stats, like how would you make a decision? Obviously, we saw a good amount of these guys play, but we didn't see all of the play, right? So some of it is the eye test, but some of it we have to rely on stats a little bit too. And so it's going off of huddles and all that. And, you know, it, it's crazy. It's a lot more work and it would be a lot better if we had one person per each school to evaluate each school, but we don't, we don't have that. We don't have that many working bodies. It's just the three of us. So you have to think about that a little bit. We, we try our hardest to, with the information that we're given. Yeah, we do for sure. I mean, that's all that we can do. But I think that we're all three very, very proud with the list we've been able to come up with as kind of the comprehensive, unbiased, standalone list that tells you who the remaining four finalists should be in all these categories. So without further ado, we're going to jump into TAPS Division One, And here are your Texas Private School Podcast Division One finalist list. So those are the four remaining finalists in each category in Division One. 
Guys, I mean, like we mentioned, there is a ridiculous amount of talent on all of those lists. We'll start with MVP. The four finalists remaining is Andrew Paul from Parish Episcopal, River Rodriguez from Midland Christian, Isaiah Schmitty from Dallas Bishop Lynch, and Curly Thomas from Fort Worth Nolan Catholic. Those are four just incredibly, insanely talented athletes that we've all seen live. I mean, Walker, it's it's just a crazy amount of talent. I say that over and over and over again, but that just reiterates and proves how much talent there is. What do you think of the names left on this MVP list? And obviously don't spoil who we might be leaning towards to pick, but I mean, just your thoughts on the athletes in that conversation. I mean, you're talking about four D1 guys and I, I don't, I don't care what anyone would say. You you can put River Rodriguez on anywhere on that field. I mean, he's explosive and he can get the job done. So that's and that's how I see it. Um, yeah, but that's those are four super talented guys that carried their teams to the success to where they wanted to go. Um, three offensive guys and Curly Thomas, the Cal commit, the Cal signee now, and I mean gave it all to Nolan Catholic for the last two years. I think he holds now the sack record there in Nolan Catholic, which. I mean, also has, you know, had a lot of great talent, including Nana Osofano Mensa, who is now at Notre Dame. I mean, pretty good years. Um, and then you also have Andrew Paul, the guy who just got offered by Georgia, the national championship team. That's Georgia. You, you, that's it's ridiculous. And you we love seeing his rise. And I know when I think, Wes, you saw him first and you're like, this is a guy. No, I actually saw him first. I saw him against Bel Air the oh, first yeah, week, and I was like, "This kid's this kid's not pretty good." And then you saw the just how good he did the rest of the season, and just kind of carried them and dominated in the state championship. And then River, literally, I mean, we all said it. He's one of the most tough guys we've ever seen play. He's he can do it all for his team and did it all for his team. And then Smecky literally carried Bishop Lynch past St. Thomas and into the semifinals which no one thought they were going to be there, but just that's how like great they did this year. And you have to give them that recognition. So. No, for sure. Notice how I didn't say without a doubt there, there but you go. yeah, no, I, I actually will say, I forgot. I wasn't the first of us to see Andrew Paul, but I think I was there for his breakout game, that 400 yard rushing effort against Nolan Catholic, where he just went absolutely ballistic. And then, by no small coincidence, I think that's where you saw the offer start to snowball up, up and up and in. But yeah, four incredibly talented names on that list. Ryan, I'm going to ask you the same thing. Four just absolutely freak athletes. Your thoughts on the finalists left in the most valuable player category? I mean, yeah, I actually got to see Curly Thomas play. That was one of the guys I actually got to see because I got to see Nolan, Nolan Catholic play. I'm telling you right now, that team is led that defensive line who's which is very talented is led by curly curly loves his teammates he's all out for that and he plays hard and there's a reason why he, he's going to cal he had other options by the way too and he's got he's, he's going to such a great pac-12 school i mean the man has done it all for his team done it all for nolan catholic while he's been there and there's really there's nothing you could tell me that is why he's not great um the rest of these guys on this list go without without a doubt i mean uh Isaiah Schmidt, uh, River Rodriguez, and Andrew Paul are all amazing. But I want to give, yeah, Curly, defensive player, only defensive player in the, in the finalist list should mean something. It should mean a good amount to how good of a player he is. But, yeah, nothing to take away from Andrew Paul, nothing to take away from Isaiah Schmidt, and nothing to take away from River Rodriguez. River Rodriguez 
played his heart out in those games. And Andrew Paul is just another one of those players where you, we, we see him pop up. We see these type of guys pop up and we're like, yep, that's, that's a pretty dang good guy. That's a pretty dang good guy. That's the, that's a guy that you, you see in, you know, he's kind of a once in four years kind of guy. Like it's a once in four years, you see an athlete like that. Right. Um, and then, yeah, Isaiah Schmidt, Talk about putting your team on your entire back and, you know, trying to walk all the way to the championship. He was close. He was close. Semi-finalist. But he did as much as he could. So, very, very great for athletes on on the MVP list. No, I remember specifically I was watching Bishop Lynch play at St. Pius. And St. Pius won that game. But I just remember a specific play I saw where Isaiah just absolutely exploded out of the backfield. Went for like 70 yards. But it, it, it just was the the explosive quick twitch athleticism of him that really, really stood out to me. And it's part of the reason he's on this list. I mean, he's an incredible athlete. Like everyone has said, he put Lynch on his back and carried them as far as he could go. And he, without question, deserves a spot on this list. But we obviously can't detail all of the categories because there's just a ridiculous amount of volume. But Walker, I'll turn to you first. Is there anything else that you want to hit on while we're still in Division One? Uh, for sure. One receiver of the year. I think it's all thousand yard receivers. All were studs this year. And how are we supposed to pick one um, quarterback of the year? You have Jake Wright, River Rodriguez, Sawyer Anderson and Silas Gomez. What are those two of the like you have Silas is going to where is he going? Uh, Sam Houston State. Sawyer Anderson, the 25 phenom who's already been offered by power fives. And then River Rodriguez, the staple there at Midland. And then Jake Wright, who is going to, what, Pitt State? Um, so four guys, all great, talented players. Um, even, like, even the newcomer award, like, and then underclassmen, all very, very tough decisions where you're going to have to make for the final uh, winner, I guess. No, it's uh... – that the receivers, like we mentioned earlier, is an incredible position, not just in D1, but D1 through D4. The talent, the cumulative talent in all the taps of the receiver position, goodness, is just incredibly impressive. That makes me happy as a former receiver. There's nothing I love more than good than good receiver play. Ryan, your thoughts on any other spot on this Division One list? I'm going to tell you the lineman, the lineman uh, for defensive lineman. Are you kidding me? That's that's crazy. I mean, you got two Nolan Catholic guys on that list, and you got a Bishop Lynch kid on there, Wyatt Webster Walls, who I think is right in contention with all these. And you got a guy like Trey Williams, who was the you know the <laughs> leading heavy hand for that Parish defense, right? Like he was the one that was that was the power throw on that line. But I think it should tell you something when you have two Nolan guys. You have Curly Thomas, Thomas, who we just said was going out for MVP. He had a guy on his line with him that is also in for this finalist for for defensive line uh, contention, right? Like, that should mean something for how good that defensive line was at Nolan this year. And if you don't see that by the fact that these guys just wrapped up every single quarterback, I don't know what you're looking at. Defensive line, clearly, in my opinion, is one. Like, the, the team that wins defensive line, is Nolan Catholic, in, the, in my opinion. I mean, that, that probably makes a little bit of sense here, right? But, yeah, definitely athlete after athlete on, on that defensive line list. Without a doubt. The position group that I that really captivates me, and I noted all of us when we were narrowing this down, linebacker in Division One. Mm. Having to narrow that down to four guys was so dadgum hard. I don't know how we're going to choose a winner. Between those four guys, all of their stats are just absolutely insane. And I've watched – 
I've watched all four of them in person and all four of them, seeing them in person doesn't help differentiate any of them either. They're all that good. I do not know how we're going to be able to separate one as a winner of those four. They're all incredible. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But I mean, that's, that's division one. Those are all of our finalists and we will have the winner out sometime in the next month or so. And without further ado, I want to present to you your Texas private school podcast division two award show finalists. So those are our finalists for TAPS Division 2. As always, we will start by analyzing MVP. And yet again, like I mentioned, every single time, the talent is incredible. You have Tyson Flowers from Walker's alum, Fort Worth Southwest Christian. You have Brady Dever from Fort Bend Christian. Gabriel Grubbs from Dallas Christian. And Everett Skillen from Second Baptist. All four of these guys, if you take them off of their team, that team is significantly worse. And that just, that's what the award is. It's most valuable player. It's how valuable that player is to their individual team. And, you know, we watched all four of these guys live and we could all tell you, if you wanted us to point to one guy on that team, even blindfolded, we would point to them. That's how good these guys are. Walker, four names left in TAPS D2 MVP. Your thoughts on the overall list and what sticks out to you from this? I mean, you know, we said last time, but again, in Division Two, four D1 guys. I, I don't like Brady Dever is a D1 quarterback. Like, I, he absolutely is. And the other four, other three guys are talented, talented dudes. Those seniors are very good. Um, you Like, I guess, like, I guess most valuable, like you said, the most valuable guy for their team. You see them make their plays, you know, do what they need to do and also be kind of the leaders for their team when they need to be. Like those are the guys you can rely on to get the job done. And when you need a play to happen, you go to them. And that's all three that four of those guys can do that. Um, very talented guys. You have defensive side of the ball and offensive side of the ball for all those guys. Well, besides Brady, of course. But I mean, yeah, that list is ridiculous. No, it really is. I mean, those four guys are without a doubt leaders of their team, you know, in in the locker room as well as on the field and in the stat sheet. Ryan, your thoughts on the four guys we have remaining at TAPS D2 MVP? That's what I was going to bring up. That whole idea that all these guys play both sides of the ball or at least what's called the guys that aren't the quarterback of their team, (laughs) right? I mean, you know, I, I would like to say that it's still D2. It's not D1, but it's D2, right? You're still at a very high level, right, of, of football where, you know, it's very draining to play both sides of the ball, right? Not a lot of guys play both sides of the ball still. I mean, there's not a lot out there that can play them well, but Tyson Flowers, Gabriel Grubbs, and Everett Skiller all play both sides of the ball extremely well. And then Brady Dever leads an entire Fort Bend Christian, like, just to beat Austin Regents, right? So 
that should mean something. That should mean something more than what we realized, right? So in my opinion, these are MVP guys because they are the most valuable player. And like we said, if you took them off their team, the team plummets, in my opinion. The team plummets. And I would have to restructure just to fill the gaping holes that these guys leave. No, they are all incredibly vital to the success of their respective teams. I don't think you will find a single sane person out there that would argue that point. However, that's it for MVP. I mean, is there anything else that Walker, yet again, I'll start with you, that you want to hit on? I mean, there's just so many categories in D2 you can pick apart, but what's one that sticks out to you specifically? Uh, I could always say receiver, so I'll just say that firstly. But running back too. Running back is – that is those four guys are dogs, man. I mean, I think they all have over, what, 1,300, 1,400 yards rushing. I mean, that's ridiculous for a running back. And then running linebacker was really good. And then DB, man. Yeah, how, how are you supposed to decide between Gabriel Grubbs, Tyson Flowers, Derek Felder, and Everett Skillern? Like, how, how are you supposed to sit down and decide that? Like, multiple interceptions for all those guys, tackles when they need to, PBUs when they need to. I mean – the stats go on, and any any coach in America would love to have those guys. Maybe not matter day, but you get what I mean. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, talented, talented dudes, all all those guys. I don't know. I think matter day might be even looking at a couple of them, but no, it's it's incredible talent all across the board. Ryan, give me a specific category that sticks that sticks out to you from Division Two. Yeah, let me clarify myself real quick. Uh, I mistaken for Ben for uh, second Baptist for a second, so I, they did ah, not beat Regents. You That's shouldn't do that. They, they they don't like each other very much. I don't think you should do. I that. know I shouldn't have done that. That was that was a mistake of mine. But uh, going back to going back to this, the 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 one that I would choose definitely has to be. Uh, in my opinion, I know this is kind of cop copy cash, but QB is definitely mine. I know that's like the one that you know it's obviously going to be great in every category but you know brady dever drew dickey carson kruber and luigi Christ- cristiano like you cannot tell me that these guys are not all dogs and i specifically want to say brady and drew are both incredible in their own aspects and both these guys can make their own case for being better than the other right in each in each opinion like there, there's some cases where people think that Drew Dickey is better. Some cases where people think Brady Dever is better. And then you still got guys like Carson Kruber and Luigi Cristiano who both put in their side for QB. So I, I don't know. That's, that's my category though. Yeah. How about Luigi, Luigi Cristiano, by the way, from Brownsville, St. Joseph, a name that I guarantee you not a lot of casual fans know. This man's stats were absolutely ridiculous. I don't have them in front of me, but they are just insane. And for it to come out of Brownsville, St. Joseph, I guarantee you he's flown so far under the radar and he's going to surprise a lot of people showing up on this list. But if you haven't already, please go check out Luigi, Luigi Cristiano's stats. It'll literally blow your mind. The kid's insanely talented. However, that is all that we have for TAPS Division Two. So let us move in and announce the Texas Private School Podcast Award Show TAPS Division Three finalists.
So yet again, those were the finalists in TAPS Division Three. As we always do, we will start with MVP. I'm trying to think of something to say besides there's a lot of talent in this category because I don't think I can say that for every single category, even though there is. But, I mean, just looking, you have Enao Edda from Covenant Christian, one of the most highly sought-after guys in all of TAPS, if not the most highly sought-after. He's right up there with Andrew Paul. And you have Marcus Ramon Edwards, the Texas Tech offer. You have Baxton Townsend, the gunslinger from Lovett Christian. And you have Maxwell Landrum from Cypress Christian, the state champion quarterback. Walker, I mean, see, I was going to say the whole talent thing again, so I'll just turn to you. I mean, four guys, ridiculous athleticism. Your thoughts on the names compiled in this most valuable player list, 4D3? Oh, I mean, studs from top to bottom. Uh, dogs from top to bottom. When you need to make a play, you go to those guys, like I said last time. They, they, they're very, very talented, and they use that talent to the best of their abilities. And you see how well Baxton fit in this year and kind of took over for, I believe, what's his name? Uh, Lack from last year. And Connor, I think it's, uh, what is his brother's name? His brother's name is Connor. Is it Alex? I think it's Alex. Anyways. Yeah, Baxton took over the helm for that quarterback spot there at Lubbock Christian and just dominated again, just like Lack did last year. Um, And Marcus Ramon Edwards was a guy we kind of slowly talked about over the year. And we were like, hey, there's this kid over there at TCS Lubbock. And we were like, who's this kid? Who's this kid? And you saw him slowly just keep going and going and going until we saw him in the state game. And we were like, holy cow, this kid's legit and is just insane to watch. And then Landrum is like in that Hogan led offense, right? Always is you have that staple at quarterback, you know, for him, for, you know, when he was at Griffin Fife, of course it was his son and the guys before him. I just don't remember because I never played when I was, that was not my time, but Maxwell's that guy for Hogan and he can rely on him. Hey, if you need him to run the ball, he can, if you need him to pass the ball, he can, he can, he can do both. He's athletic. He's mobile. He can get the job done, and that's what you want in a quarterback. Hey, give him the ball. He'll get the job done, and that's what you want. And then, of course, Enal. I mean, it, it, there's you could say a whole you know speech about Enal and how great he is. The recently offered LSU Tiger. I mean, that's ridiculous. I've seen, uh, what was it, a year ago when we started this whole thing, we said his name, and we were the first people to ever talk about him on a national stage, and we were like, hey, like, there's this kid, and I told y'all, I was like, this kid's going to be the real deal, and look where he is now. And so all four of these guys, studs, we're excited to see them, uh, some of those guys next year and just see how good they are. So, yeah, talent. For sure. I mean, it's really exciting, like you mentioned, to see kids like Enal grow, even in just a year's time, from someone where, like, people would just look at him and be like, he's going to be really, really good to just all of a sudden, bam, Power 5 offers just out the wazoo. Just incredible to be able to watch. Ryan, your thoughts on the four guys we have left in most valuable player for Division Three? Yeah, I I already was thinking like Marcus Ramon Edwards is the guy that I thought like stuck out because I remember um, you know seeing seeing him play in the state game and I haven't I didn't see Maxwell Landrum and all that but just seeing that fight between Marcus Ramon Edwards and Maxwell Landrum in the state championship game that meant something to me. Cause I'm like, these guys, these guys are tough for sure. And then Baxton Townsend, I mean, 
the man literally led his team. Who would have thought Lubbock Christian would have made that run? Who would have thought they would have made that run? Ain't nobody was thought about that. And clearly it was in the back of his head or not in the back in the front of his head. It would have been, he was like, we're not going to stop. And I, clearly he was the one that led that offense. And then you got a guy that like, you know, at a, you know, at a telling everybody that there's talent in taps D three, there's talent in taps D three. It's uh, it's located in uh Colleyville covenant. That's where it's located. Right. Um, no, I'm just kidding. It's located all over, but it's clearly, you know, at a, was that guy that we were trying to tell you about, um, and mostly Walker, Walker, Walker pinpointed it right on the head saying, this is the dog in the next few years. And sure enough, showed up on the main stage, showed up on the main stage. I mean, someone must've been watching our podcast, right? Right. That's what I have to think. Right. Can we talk about that? Like when we talked to him a year ago, we, we discussed it and he was like, yeah, this is my first year actually kind of like training. And I was more of a basketball guy coming into football. And you're like, like first time in the weight room, first time actually training this off season. And you see the stats he put up and you're like, I get it. Like the athleticism that kid has is so much potential. It's ridiculous, man. And you, you put him in the college, you put him in the college weight room. Oh, I'm excited to see him progress, man. He deserves everything. And I hope and hope the best for him. That's a steal. That's a steal right there. Like anyone that takes that man, that's a steal because like people will only see some of the stats and be like, Oh, like not realize that background of him not going in the weight room until later in his high school career. Yep. Come on, come on. That's crazy. And you, you can and like, I, I guess like this, he had great stats last year and that's why he was so highly regarded. And you come into this year and you're like, Oh, well, okay. A kid of that talent should be doing that. That's what he did, and he did more. Like, right. he's like for Taps Division Three. We all know it's not like it's Tap uh, UIL Six A. It's not. So for the stats you should be putting up, he did, and that's why I loved seeing him do that this year. While most likely being double teamed the entire season, because I mean that that's just what makes it that much more important. Just because you have two live human bodies in front of you that are trying with all their might to prevent you from getting to the quarterback, and you know Edo picks them both up, throws them fifteen yards to the side, and runs to the quarterback and sacks him twenty plus times. By the way, so yet, yet again, as much as I'd love to continue talking about you know Edo just because of how good he is, it's not the you know Edo show. So. Walker, I'm going to need you to to pick a point on the map and show us your thoughts on one more category in TAPS Division Three. Okay, I will for sure. Uh, quarterback of the year. You have four guys who are great, great quarterbacks there in, in TAPS Division Three. Uh, Talton, Landrum, Prezak, and Townsend are all great quarterbacks, and they're all different from each other in how they play, and is they're very, very good seasons for all of them. Um, running back of the year, uh, all four of them, uh, I believe had over a thousand yards rushing and had great years for them. And it, you just, you saw how good they were. And then, um, what else, what else DB of the year? I mean, I really think most of those, every single guy on that DB list had oh, like five interceptions, which is a sensational year for a DB. And then we're like, all right, now how, who do we pick? That's how good these DBs are for uh, taps division three. No, that's definitely correct. There's a bunch of very closely contested categories, which Ryan, I will now ask you to pick from, which is a category that you want to talk about from the division three of the Texas association of private and parochial schools. Underclassmen of the year. Are you kidding me? Come on. Caden Lehu, Gibby Alvarado, Zeke Hogan, and Kevin Dodder. That's that is a stack of guys 
that in two years are going to be the leaders of of taps d3 i mean i i know they're already doing it right now and then obviously well if they're doing it right now they're gonna do it in two years but i mean that's serious though like these guys are studs give you alvarado the quarterback for san antonio holy cross you have Caden lehu you have zeke hogan zeke hogan who was uh who's the son of coach who we've already seen what a son of a coach can do in town. Yeah. And he started as a freshman too, for Cyprus, which is very impressive. Right. And then Kevin daughter, Kevin daughter started as a freshman at what's called at uh Lake, Lake country, country Christian yep. as a dual, dual sport athlete, football and basketball. I mean, you're telling me that all of these kids are going to be the upcoming for D three. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. As you should be going. No. And I was going to say flip it over to newcomer of the year too four guys who came in and just had a great year for their teams. And you mentioned Doddard, and I want to mention Dougie Doddard, a guy that it was very hard to take off that list. And those Doddards in 24 for Lake Country, they were they had a down year this year for losing Whites. Give it a year or two, those guys are going to help that team rise to the occasion. Those Doddard boys are the real deal. But, yeah, newcomer of the year, Mathis, Townsend, Newhouse, and Alvarado. You see, that's the that's the DFW in me. I say Alvarado, but I don't I don't know how to exactly how to say it. But uh, yeah, Gibby there too. I mean, sensational years for all of them. But yeah, those daughter boys, one to watch. It'll be a very interesting couple years in Division Three with that much talent, that much young talent. I am really excited to see how they progress and how they kind of change the landscape of that division of taps. But. Speaking of that, we now come to the final division of TAPS as we are pleased to announce the Texas Private School Podcast Award Show finalist for TAPS Division 4. And those are your Texas Private School Podcast Award Show Division Four finalists. As always, we will discuss MVP first, where you see Levi Hancock from Brazos Christian, Zach Johnson from the four-time defending state champions Shiner St. Paul, Seth Swarinski from Munster Sacred Heart, and Zane O'Donnell from Weatherford Christian. Four good players, four players that are a lot better than you would think you would find in TAPS Division Four. I mean, Walker, we've got a ton of talent. I just keep saying yeah, it. I, I knew you were going to do it. I knew you were going to do it. I knew you were going to do it. I was waiting hey, for it. When, when, there, when there is this much talent, I mean, what, what how else are you supposed to say? Prowess? That's not even the right word. I'm trying yeah. to think. I'm not a human dictionary. There's a lot of good of players. Rounds. A lot of good players. No, I've already said that like 12 times too, but there um, are a lot of good players, and we got four of them right here in this category. Walker, what do you think of the last four guys we have remaining in TAPS D4 MVP? By the way, I looked up synonyms for talent. Gift, you can say gift. <laughs> oh, they're gifted. They're very gifted. Oh, they're gifted. Uh, technique, expertise. Technical. They're, ex- they're, they're, they're experts. Yeah. They're, capacity. They have great capacity. They're, cap- they're capable. Uh, capable yeah. of being expertise. There's a lot of capability left. 
But anyway, anyways, I guess back to the back to the topic at hand. I mean, four guys who, um, you know, we talk about Levi and Zach all the time, so I don't want to say too much about them, even though you know they're great. Um, Zach Johnson is a legend. D four Levi is one of the biggest names in D four just because he's going to A and M and just how much talent he went off. Ford Player of the Year or uh, Player of the Weeks. I mean, it's insane. And then guy Seth Swarzynski who. Um, we didn't get to see live until, of course, the last game of the and Division Four state championship, and he, he played great. I mean, it was just hard to, you know, with a team like Shiner St. Paul, but, I mean, those the Swarinski brothers are really, really good, and Seth was a this is the real deal. And uh, I know, I believe he wants to play in college, so hopefully he does. And then Zane O'Donnell was a guy that we found out over time, and we were like, this kid put up the stats this year. And with a Weatherford team that beat Covenant and, you know, had a great run, we were like, how do we not put him in here? And so Zane had a fantastic year on both sides of the ball on offense, doing receiving, rushing. I even playing a little bit of quarterback too. I mean, doing a Mr. Do it all and was the, like we always say, most valuable player. And that's why he's there. So all four guys, really, really good. They are without question. Four guys that are very, let me go to my, my thesaurus that are very brilliant. Sure. Mm. Let's go. Let's go with that. I don't know oh. if this talent synonym, but yeah. we'll, we'll roll with it. Ryan, your thoughts on the four remaining capable names on this list? Yeah, they're very uh, good. They're they're great. Yeah, I don't know anymore. Uh, there's something at the game of football, and I think that that means a lot to you know just to. You know, the, the fact that we always say it, even the D3 and the D4 always have these top level high talent. You got a guy that's going to an SEC, uh, you know, SEC school uh, to play football and he's sitting in taps D4. You cannot tell me that there isn't. I, it doesn't matter what level you're at, by the way. So that's the thing I want to send out to everybody is, is there's guys that have been playing football in these towns. Zach Johnson played football for four years straight for Shiner St. Paul. And there's a ton of other guys that have all done it. They played all four years straight for the same schools and grew up in these towns and they're making a name for themselves, which means that I, in my opinion, any of these guys can make a name for themselves in any variation of taps. Right? So in my opinion, I think all these guys just put out their heart on the line for their team. And, and I honestly think for D2 with the whole thing, how we said, if you took one of these guys off their team, they would not be, like the same as at like that team. I'm going to argue that if you took Levi Hancock off Brazos Christian, I'm pretty sure that team just like they go out of a school. Like there's, there's no more school there anymore. I'm pretty sure Brian Brazos Christian falls as a school. If Levi Hancock leaves same thing for Shiner St. Paul, Zach Johnson runs that offense and has run it for four years. And they're just going to, crumble i say that they just keep winning state champions every year state championships every year so maybe they won't crumble as much but yeah i thought i'd bring that back up i gotta make an objection i actually the more you look into it the more you realize the pieces that that, that um that brazos um, team and shiner do yeah no i mean levi had a lot of pieces around him i mean you had yeah striker gay you have ryan burton you have a bunch of those other guys they actually had a very solid team this year i'm not just saying that because yeah. they're, the, they're the hometown kids but yeah there's a there's so a re- bias so much bias you're wondering where <laughs> the bias is it's with west hollis hey, hey. and brian brazos levi hey levi was the distributor he has to throw it to someone and hand it off to someone else i mean true. has That's someone to have true. to block with them so 
I mean, Hayden Tillery, Ryan Burton, Shrekker Gay, like you mentioned, uh, Harris Powers, other guys, very good for Brazos. So I have to shout out those guys. And also on the other side, Shiner. I mean, Noah Bodeker is a great guy, one of the favorites for the pod. And then also Elliot Peters on the offensive defensive line is also really good players for Shiner. And the guys we awarded down the line for uh, the finalist. No, obviously. Ryan, say Brazos. Brazos? Brazos? Brazos. No, Brazos. Brazos. No. Brazos? Where's the U? Brazos. Brazos. It's basically I'm David Brazos Christian. I grew up in East Texas. I, I can't change the way I speak. However, that, um, oh yeah, I need another category. Walker, give me another category that you like from <laughs> Division Four that you want to speak on. Because there is a lot, despite it being D4, there's still a lot. I can't say talent. There's a lot of uh, gifted athletes. Pro- proficiency. Mm. <laughs> That's a great word. A word, but the source yeah. says it is. Uh, underclassman of the year. Ryan Swarzynski was a big time player for that monster hate sacred heart team. And then you have Hunter McCoy from Weatherford, uh, Nick Angerstein from Howitzville sacred heart, who was a big time kicker, but also at the same time played other positions. And then Caleb Mitchell might be one of my favorites, 2025 guys in the whole of private school. Um, and the more we talk about this 25 class, you know, we always are always like, Oh, well, there's guys coming up. No, this 25 class is kind of the real deal. And uh, he's going to be one of those big time players over there in Caleb Mitchell. Um, he's one to watch and he had a great year this year and he will be very good for the next couple of years. Him and his quarterback, uh, James. Uh, yeah. That running back, Seth Rosinski, Zach Johnson, Noah Bodeker and Ezra Jackson, all really good players. Receiver of the year was really good. And also defensive player of the year, four guys who had a fantastic years for their schools. But uh, yeah, I think that's really it. Then there's your there's your categories, Wes. Those are all incredible athletes in their own right. Ryan, I'm going to need at least one category from you that you think that you want to talk about regarding D4, and just I'll screw it up. Just the the talent that in D4. Oh no, you said it. No way. I, I I'm tired of finding different nouns. Uh, no, I think it's uh, straight up with QB and running back. I think you can combine both of those. I know you said one, but I'll give you two. I love how uh, the brothers from Sacred Heart, Munster Sacred Heart, make that quarterback and running back list together. And then I love how two of the guys that we had a pretty good connection with from Shiner St. Paul uh, both make the running back list as well. It just proves that, you know, even with all these all these talented athletes in division four you just you have so much competition still within these awards right and then i just said seth brzezinski and i said zach johnson no boker i'm forgetting about ezra jackson ezra jackson still put up 1212 touchdowns a tree right like still an absolute stud for whether for christian and did as much as he could for that team right so yeah I, there, too much talent in too many areas of taps what i said talent oh <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. There is a ridiculous amount of good athletes all the way down through Division Four that people just fail to understand. But yeah, I mean, that just goes to tell you taps D1 through D4, like I've said a million times, there's talent everywhere if you're willing to look hard enough. But that concludes our taps awards. And now we move into our final awards category, the Texas Private School Podcast Awards Show, SPC 4A and 3A finalists.
And those are your Texas Private School Podcast SPC finalists. We will start with the most valuable player. Four guys that are all fantastic in their own right. You have Dylan Bell, the Georgia commit from Houston Kincaid. You have Vaughn McKeever from John Cooper. Patrick Burke from Episcopal School of Dallas. And John Purdue, the Brown commit from St. John's. Walker, these are four guys that all did a ridiculous amount for their respective teams. Your thoughts on these four guys and their chances at the MVP. Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll go through it. John Purdue, um, a guy that we didn't really know much about at, in the SBC level before this year. And the, even really Houston St. John's being real and learning more about that school and, you know, how they all, you know, came at us that one week for, you know, picking against them. And we, so from then we were like, all right, these, they got some dogs over there and John Purdue, the Brown commit. And now I believe Sonny probably um, just had a fantastic year. The both sides of the ball did everything for that team who was pretty much probably the third or fourth team in SBC overall. So great year for them. Patrick Burke came in and helped ESE to a 10 and 0 record. And then sadly, of course, lost in the state championship. But I mean, 10 and 0 is nothing to, you know, uh, shrug about. Um, great year, great player. And I'm excited because I believe he's a 23. I could be wrong about that. Yeah, he's a 23. But yeah, uh, yeah, Patrick Burke, sensational player. And we'll have another year under his belt to lead that uh, ESD team. Um, sensational player, helped them to a 10 and 0 record in the regular season. Uh, did everything he could, running the ball, passing the ball. Um, just in, in, instant impact type of player for that team and came in and dominated. And that's something they needed there to ESC to help them have the success they had. And then, I mean, Vaughn McKeever is a guy that when Wes went and saw, you can talk about it more, but I mean, was Blue a guy, he, right. Like, and then, you know, hearing from what uh, Ryan had to say when he went and watched him in the state championship and, you know, I didn't get to watch him and I watched this film and you're like, this kid is a real deal 23 and is another guy in that 23 quarterback class. who was pretty dang good and did anything from his, uh, with his arm, with his legs could do anything for that team. And I got guys reaching out and be like, Hey, you got it. You got to You got to nominate this kid for something. This kid's the real deal. And he showed it this year. And then Dylan bell, Georgia commit, not signee yet. But the Georgia commit went off this year, and as expected, one of the best players in private school, maybe if not the best, uh, kind of went off this year and did everything you needed him to do. And in the biggest lights and the biggest moments, came up and played and dominated. And Ryan could talk more about his performance in the state championship game, but, I mean, yeah, he, he's ridiculous and is as good as expected a man like his, uh, I guess, prowess should be. No, for sure. I mean, I I watched two of those guys in person. Uh, Dylan Bell is obviously just Dylan Bell. I mean, he's fantastic. I watched him first game of the season against Second Baptist, and just he is just an electric athlete that everyone already knows that. However, not a lot of people know about Vaughn McKeever. Um, I'll, I'll scream it from the hilltops until the day I die. Vaughn McKeever is 
a hidden gem down in the woodlands in the 23 quarterback class. He is so dadgum good. And I don't even think he's close to hitting his full potential yet. He's got a very wide frame. You can put a lot of muscle on him. He still has a ton of room to develop, even though he's already at 23. He has so much more potential, I promise. So if you haven't already, look into Von McKeever. Fantastic talent. I will continue to say it as long as I have a platform to say it. But Patrick Burke and John Purdue, obviously both also incredible athletes in their own rights. Uh, I, I still think one of my favorite moments of the season is whenever um, – St. John's, who did they, who did they upset? Uh, Did they beat second Baptist? Maybe I'll look at it. We'll we'll figure it out. They, they they upset somebody, but then getting, getting everyone in our comments after that, that, Oh, they beat Fort Bend. That's what they they did before. I I remember that my specific quote was, I don't see Fort Bend losing to a middle of the road team, SBC team, like St. John's. And that was probably the worst, worst hot take I've ever had in my life, but it was hilarious to see all the engagement we got off of that, which is really fun. But John Purdue, Patrick Burke, both incredible quarterbacks in their own right are both incredible players in their own right. Ryan, your thoughts on the SBC MVP list. Yeah. I mean, I saw um, all of the MVPs play besides John for I saw Dylan Bell play. And was nothing short of fantastic. He uh, he threw a touchdown pass. He ran a touchdown pass and caught a touchdown pass in the game that I saw. Um, so, you know, that's pretty dang good. Uh, Vaughn McKeever uh, is the absolute, uh, you know, sling thrower, whatever you want to call John Cooper's quarterback, Vaughn McKeever, absolute stud for them. And then Patrick Burke uh, was one of the most composed quarterbacks I saw being having to play against, uh, you know, a team like Houston Kincaid and what they were. Patrick Burke led that EST team to the championship and led them to a 10-0 season, right? So um, I have lots of good to say about Patrick Burke. And all I've known about John Purdue is that he's a stud. Going to Brown, um, you know, must mean something that, you know, that nothing better than I can do, even academically. He did it academically and athletically. Um, so clearly he must be better than me in that aspect. But um, I definitely think all four of these guys are super deserving, and it shows that SBC has got a lot of great athletes. No, it obviously does. I mean, we SBC is a little bit lesser known than TAP says as an organization, but yet again, just looking at the MVP list, you have one of those guys is two of those guys are are Division One commits. So it just tells you how much I'm going to say it again. Talent is in any level of private school in Texas. Walker, you already know I'm going to ask you. I'm going to need you to find another category on this list and just tell me what you like about it. So I hope you've been you've been cooking that up and you have one for us. Uh, where am I muted? No, I am not. Good. No. Uh, receiver of the year was really good. All three of the or four of those guys, sorry, that were really, really talented players. Uh, Gamble, uh, sorry. Defensive player of the year was really good too. Gamble Reed. Uh, LaSalle, Kennedy, and Edwards, all great players. Um, I I was just really, really impressed with these guys, man. Um, I, I mean, they're even newcomer. No, newcomer is probably the biggest for me, newcomer and underclassman, because there's a lot of guys on those lists that are very, very talented. Cole Allen is a guy who was recommended to me by other coaches in SPC and said, hey, this kid is the real deal, and you have to look at him. And then, you know, Patrick Burke, Von McKeever, three guys right there that made such an impact for their team. 
Um, and then underclassmen, Cole Allen again, Campo Bianco for Kincaid is a 24 quarterback who helped them and just kind of like you would think they'd be like, oh yeah, just hand the ball off to Micah and just throw the ball to you know uh, Cam and uh, Dylan. But no, he he did some stuff by himself and was a very impactful player for that team. And then a guy from my area who I really like, Gavin Parkhurst, is a 25 quarterback there at Trinity Valley who kind of stepped into the helm this year and kind of went off for 1,700 yards and almost let them go to the state championship this year. So um, those newcomer underclassmen guys, real deal. They are without a question. Like I, nothing excites me more than seeing really, really good young talent in in private school. Just because you know the next few years you have incredible athletes coming up. If they're this good now, how much are they going to progress in the next few years? And it's always just fun to speculate and then see them grow into those roles. Ryan, for the final time this episode, I'm going to need you to pick a category out of SPC and talk about what you like about it. So I have, I have two categories and these are probably the two of the most confident categories I've had all night. Defensive player of the year, Gamble Reed, Chase Kennedy, Alex Assad, and Bo Edwards. You're, you could not describe me any other way that those guys are just absolutely great players. Gamble Reed is an absolutely great defensive lineman. You have Chase Kennedy who is by far, uh, I, where's Chase Kennedy going to school? I know he's going somewhere. Utah, the U right. Right. And, and Utah was insanely good this year in football. Right. Uh, I'm telling you right now, there is so many studs. Uh, Bo Edwards is also a defensive lineman. All these guys are just absolutely just pain for quarterbacks and offensive linemen. Then the category that blows it out of the water running back Jackson Pierce had five touchdowns in the state game. He had five touchdowns. And then you have Micah Bell, who has already started to be listed as higher than Dylan Bell. He's a four-star right now, a four-star, and he's listed higher than his brother, his brother who's going to Georgia, who just won the, who just won the uh, championship. Like Devin Cumstock, another great player for Cistercian, and Colin Nicholson, who was the great running back for ESD, who, in my opinion, in my opinion, was another part of that uh, offense that had succeeded with this 10-0 success this year. It wasn't just Patrick Burke. Colin Nicholson had a great season himself as well. So that running back category is probably my most confident category out of all these things. Like That is such an underrated category. It has so many stars in there. Not and that's that's not even like, uh, that's kind of ironic I said that. Stars, as in four-star Micah Bell? Come on. Come on, y'all. I'm trying to think, is four-star Micah Bell technically the highest-rated recruit in in TAP slash SBC? Because Andrew Paul's a three-star. Which Dylan, is ridiculous. I, I want to say that right now. Is. That is ridiculous. <laughs> Nobody from Georgia is a three-star. <laughs> Even Micah's not a three-star. Or Dylan, I apologize. But, yeah. Um, it might be NL, actually. NL at a – Oh, Yeah. Yeah, it actually might be. I forgot. I think he's a four star. No, he is. And keep my in out. Keep my in out. And now's a five. No, no one's a five this year in private school. The Brock Myers, the Tommy was the last five star with Donovan Jackson. But let that be known. Let that be known. Anybody in anywhere in taps, there's a D3 player that's a four star and leads the leads the what's called leads the entire private school in uh in rating for. Well, like whatever you want to call that, uh, uh, stars, whatever. Oh, hang on, what is that? Nine three five, nine three seven. No, Micah is technically, um, what is that? A 
thousandth, two thousandth of a points higher than email. Yeah. So a little bit. But basically, that, it's it's basically the same thing. Both right to have those two. What the number. 28 recruit in Texas and number 29 recruit in Texas like reside in D3 and SPC. It's ridiculous. Let that and mean also, something. That it, means it, something. it really does. I like the uh, I like the chord I hit on your on your little on your recruited the recruiter in you when I mentioned Andrew Paul being a three star. That was a fun that was a fun little <laughs> rant to see. Do you like but, they? I I'll give them this. They haven't updated their stuff lately, but I mean a kid from getting all the offers he has recently. A kid who's probably like he hasn't reset it, but from the offers, and you just think logically, probably is Georgia's in there, Clemson's in there. I think Michigan and Michigan State are in there. Yeah, you have you have coach after coach walking into the office of Daniel Novikov. I don't know if y'all have seen those. I have. I've, been, I, I've really enjoyed following that. By yeah, the way. he's been he's been in Novikov's office every single day. He's a guy like honestly, like I I you know even for A and M, I would have but wanted to at least be interested unless. But of course, A and M got their guy already. But I mean, Andrew Paul's the real deal, man. Um, ridiculous. And I guess, I guess we're already kind of wrapping it up. That's why I'll say that. But yeah, no, just electric. I, I like the little impromptu little top top basically three prospects and taps. That's a nice. It was a nice little natural segue to end the episode on. And before we get out of here, we have to mention our superlatives. These are our overall awards that include large school coach of the year, small school coach of the year, large school player of the year, and small school player of the year. So without further ado, here are your Texas Private School Podcast Award Show superlatives. And those are your overall awards for your Texas private school podcast award show. I mean, yet again, I'm not going to say talent. There is a just ton of good players and coaches on these lists. Walker, pick anything that you want to talk about from the overall awards and just kind of describe the thought process and what it means to be left on that list. Oh, yeah. I mean, I will go to the players, I guess, first. The, the large, large school player of the year. I mean, that is going to be so hard to f- like figure out where we go with that. You're talking about f- four guys who are the real deal and did everything for their team, had insane stats, were just ridiculous all season. And you have to give them credit. Um, just very, very, very good players uh, helped their team to success. Parrish, Dallas, and Kincaid all went to the all went to the state championship and won it. And Brady Dever helped their team to the semifinalists after having four thousand yards passing, which is absolutely ridiculous. Sixty touchdowns, insane year for him. And then small school, you have the legend Zach Johnson, Vaughn McKeever, the superstar there for John Cooper, who helped them go to the state championship and win it. Covenant in Iada, I mean he's in Iada, had a fantastic year. And then Levi Hancock, the guy who helped uh, Brian Brass's Christian to Basically should have been the state championship, but of course they had ran into the Shiner St. Paul in what the second round. So sad about that, but I mean, Levi Hancock is the stud down there and going to A&M next year. Um, I guess y'all can talk about the coaches if you want, but man, those players insane stats and great years. Ryan, your thoughts on any part of this list that you want to talk about? Yeah, I'll talk about the coaches. I mean, you got large school and I, I like that we got to, 
um, bring in Steve Hayes on, on the list, the, the Trinity Christian Addison coach. I feel like that is something that um, just because they weren't in taps this year um, and we want to give him some love because they still had a great season, even though they played um, only outside of uh, yeah, uh, they, like they were, like, they, what, they, what were they this year? They're so like, I think they're, they're taps D five, but they okay. just, it just means that they're, they would be taps D one and they will be there next year, but they just kind of played out of like a, just a schedule of like whatever teams they wanted to play, but they had like three teams, like actually in their district, I think. I don't know. Don't quote me on that, but yeah, continue. Close. Gotcha. And you got, you got two state champions right there. And then you got Jeremy flowers who basically coach what I would have thought would have been the runner up in my opinion. I thought uh, Southwest, if they could play, um, you know, if they didn't run into Dallas Christian and then, you know, obviously if they were on the other side, is what I'm trying to say, then they would have um, put up a state championship like game. And then for the small school you have, uh, well, I'll start with uh, Jake Waxmith, literally the Shiner St. Paul coach who's been winning year after year after year. You have Chris Hogan, who we've seen winning in D2 and now he's won it in D3. And then you have Eric DeHaven who won it in um, for John Cooper um, and got himself a championship. What a great, great atmosphere that was. I was there. I was there for every single one of these championships is what I'll tell you right now. I was there for the Cypress championship with Chris Hogan. I was there for the state championship with Jake's Waxsmith, And I was there for the state championship with Eric DeHaven. And I can just tell you all the love that these, these coaches have for their players is unmatched. And then you had a guy named, you had a guy who was the runner up, but I'm telling you, you love these kids and carry these kids um, and put them in the right mindset in order to get to the spot. Kevin Spiller, um, he put TCS Lubbock on a mission to get to the state championship. And it's, it's sad that they ran into Chris Hogan, but uh, there's, there's no other, there's no other coach that would have been able to do that with that team. Kevin Spiller uh, did it all with them. Yeah. I mean, yet again, it's no easier to narrow down the superlatives as it is the rest of the awards. It's even actually, I'd argue more difficult because you have a lot more talent compressed into a smaller category of award but you know i think we're all comfortable with the four names that we have on this list we'll lose maybe a little bit of sleep over some incredible athletes and coaches we had to cut out but make sure you tune in to the champion or to the final award show to figure out who wins each superlative category but i mean that being said that is all of our Texas private school podcast award show finalists. So we have it down to four, thank God in every category. And just to give kind of a general timeline, I mean, these are subject to change yet again, we're three college students. This isn't the only thing we do, believe it or not. We all have a ridiculous amount on our plate and we, we, we get this done as quickly as we can given the circumstances. But I mean, Walker, correct me if I'm wrong. We're probably looking at being able to have the the winners out by late mid late february maybe that's the tentative schedule that's the tentative schedule and uh because it's not just that you know we pretty much have kind of the winners maybe decided on some of them but we still got to lay them out figure it all of them out and then of course you know getting the graphics for the show and getting the winner graphics all of that and then we also have things like uh you know the uh, first team all private school, second team all private school that you know we really also like too, and then also hey, we want to do about the awards and me and I, I mean we were all talking about it. Those awards 
they're going to look really good. And we, we went and got our company ready to go. We're, they're waiting for the names and then they're going to start getting them processed and ready to go. But um, we're adding a little more. It's going to look really cool. Maybe can't change it up the colors a little bit. Stay tuned for that. But it's really, really cool. Um, we also uh, maybe got some content on the way for the buy this time to, to kind of wait and give it. So while we're doing the war show behind the scenes, we can get some episodes out, let y'all enjoy them, including since signing day is coming up, maybe getting a perspective from some guys who actually play college ball. And, you know, some of our friends just through the, you know, time have done the, you know, the thing going D one or going the Juco route. And, you know, you're like, what do I want to do? All right, then let's show you a guy who's been in your footsteps, been in private school ball, and done that route. And I think that's kind of what we really kind of want to do because we want to showcase your talent, but by the time your talent's there and been noticed, all right, so what do I want to do now? And I think that's going to be pretty cool for us to do. So look for that in the next couple of weeks um, before the award show comes out. Yeah. What I think is really cool about that is we've actually, unless something falls through, if everything goes to plan, we have guys, we have guys from every level that can talk about their experience. We have a Juco guy, we have a D3 guy, a D2 guy, and a D1 guy that we potentially can interview and talk to. So I don't think that's not just filler content. That's content that if any of you are signed on to play at the next level or are interested in it, I highly recommend you watch those episodes and you get a firsthand perspective from one of these guys that you will be in their shoes eventually if you continue down that route. I mean, I think it'll be super, super helpful. Also, uh, I'm very excited. I think we're going to have a, I'm going to have a chance to show off some of my high school film as me and Walker may or may not react to our old uh, football huddle film. Um, I may or may not leave in the part where I get jumped over by Maurice Washington from Trinity Christian Cedar Hill, but we'll see if that makes the final cut. Yeah. And with that, we kind of want to go to and talk about some of the guys in our, in our day that we played against that were really, really good. And Maurice Washington will definitely be one of them. But uh, yeah, if you have any names that you played or some of the coaches, dads that you remember seeing when your son was just in middle school and you see watching, come send us film, send us on Twitter, uh, direct message us, email us give us some names that we can go watch. Cause you know, while it's in the summer, we don't have anything to do. So let's, let's watch some film, go watch on the good old days of private school ball. Maurice Washington is the best player in taps in the last decade. Fight me over that. Ooh. Anyways, I, I'd be interested Sad. to see who else comes up. I listen, the man jumped over me. What else can I say? I'm trying to help my own case, but I mean, with that, that's basically our roadmap for the future guys. Is there anything else either of you want to say before we get out of here? Walker, Ryan, negatory good good yeah i mean i'm excited for it you know we're almost we're almost we're getting close to the end and yeah uh kind of to re-say what i said earlier in the episode this is our finalist and it was very hard to decide this if you didn't make it or you know a homie of yours didn't make it it's okay (laughs) we're we're a podcast you know sometimes we're gonna get it wrong and and if in your eyes you think we're wrong and that's okay i mean it, it is what it is type of thing. And we, we try our hardest to make sure we think we got the best guys available. And we ask a lot, you know, we, us three, we go sit down and really discuss this. So um, at the end of the day, it's kind of our decision and we believe in it. So, I mean, it is what it is. New plan. If you disagree with one of the rankings and you think you should be on there, you can meet me outside in the street and we can have <laughs> a, a, um, a bare fisted brawl. And if you, if you knock me out, 
you go on the list. No, no, no. What? Okay, we're, for legal reasons, a civil discussion, a li- civil discussion for heavy, for heavy liability reasons, and because is. of the, because of the fact that probably about seventy five percent of you could probably knock me out. We're not going to do that. <laughs> so we're gonna have a civil discussion. However, w- with that very very fake condition being said, uh, that actually going to wrap this episode up. So. As always, I am Wes Tolleson. I've been one-third of your hosting crew. Walker Lott and Ryan Schroeder have fantastically been themselves. We will see you in the next episode. See you later.